Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Good to see you in church this morning. Man, that was a really special time in worship. That was fun. I love communion. I love worship. It's all good stuff. And I just want to say thank you to the sound and media team for being here and crushing it. Um, Last week, they set up that whole thing outside. It was a whole lot of work. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, but many times they come in in the morning and they're like solving problems and there's different glitches and different things happening. And it's like solving a Rubik's Cube every day. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much and everything you do. All right. If you have your Bibles, get them out. Uh, I do have a word for you today. Um, A few weeks ago, um, I preached a message called Light Up Your World. And uh, we sent that out via uh, email uh, this last week. And uh, that was Sunday, June 6th. And I talked about how the Lord had given me a prophetic picture for where we were at as a church. I'll give a little bit of context to it. I don't want to go too deep into it. But basically, the Lord uh, showed me that um, as a church, we've completed, you know, a rocket goes, when it, when, it, when it blasts off, there's two stages. There's stage one to get it off the ground and get it into um, the atmosphere. And then stage two takes it into the, the vacuum of space. Holla. That was the vacuum of space, by the way. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. All right. It's the vacuum right there. Um, <laughs> But the Lord showed me that um, as a church, we've, we've completed phase one of our journey. We're, we're into phase two. We're in a new season. And I talked about the fact that there are uh, certain systems, people, structures that are really good for launching a church, but they don't, they're not necessarily the best later on. And so um, we're, we're moving into a new season, and we have new, you know, some of our staff members have turned over and uh, some different things, but um, we're so excited about where the Lord is taking us. And so, uh, in that message on uh, June 6th, I talk about um, what, uh, what did this, what does the, I talked about what the first stage of this uh, looks like, and then I talked about um, what does the second stage look like for us as a church. So I made three points. Here are the three points that I made. What does the second stage look like for us as a church? Number one, we have to continue to win the war in the spiritual realm. Okay, and then last week I did a uh, not last week, the week before last, I did a whole message on how to win the war in the spiritual realm. If you missed that message, go back and listen to that one. That one was really good. Um, the second point that I made was to, um, we need what does the second stage look like? Win the war in the spiritual realm, build people, and love relentlessly. And so, what I've decided to do is kind of break these down and put a little more meat on the bone and do standalone messages on each of those points. So that's why I did win the war in the spirit a couple weeks ago. This week, I want to talk about um, how to build people, okay? Um, I believe that this is a crucial, important step for us as a church in the second stage is to continue to build people. Why do I believe that building people will be so uh, crucial in our second stage as a a church? Um, The answer to that is um, because the first night of our City Lights Nights conference, um, I received a prophetic word, and actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the pray play the prophetic word um, at the end of the service. But essentially, um, Pastor James from South Africa, who, by the way, wasn't even supposed to be here. Um, so there's, there's this pastor from South Africa. He wasn't supposed to be here. He came up with um, Doug Doug Lassett, 
Um, and he was, had canceled. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. But he was here. He wasn't supposed to be here. Okay. But he, he prophesied over me and, and some things over the church that was really amazing. You get to hear that here in a few minutes. Um, but this is what he said. Um, he said, if, if, we, if I build, if we build the living stones, that God would focus on the natural stones. In other words, if we focused on making disciples, building people, then God would, would care about building us a literal building. Okay? For those of you who don't know, this is not our facility. This church um, belongs to the adventure. We rent it from them. Um, they worship on Saturdays. We worship on Sundays, so it works out really amazing. We have a great relationship with them, and this facility has been amazing. But we are believing and hoping for a future building someday. Um, but yeah, the word, the word was, if we focus on building living stones, God will f- focus on natural stones. So I don't want to put all my time, energy, and focus into, you know, like a building campaign. I'm not saying we won't do that someday, but I, I want to put my time, energy, and focus into building people. Okay. And so, and by the way, on that note, um, we just passed the half million dollar mark for our building fund. So thank you guys. Just as of uh, like a week ago, we have $502,444. So thank you guys for all of your um, generosity, those of you who have given to the building fund. Um, my wife and I are tithers. We encourage you to be a tither. But, um, and a portion of the tithes that come in, we do um, put into that building fund. But um, if you want to give ever above and beyond your tithe to the building fund, um, that is available for you. We always give a little bit extra towards the building fund ourselves. So thank you for your generosity. Uh, but we want to focus on building people. There's a, a Zig Ziglar quote I came across uh, the other day. It says this, you don't build businesses, you build people, and then people build businesses. Okay, if you want a business, that's a good, a good one for you. You don't build businesses, you build people, and then people build businesses. Well, listen, the same can be said as, for churches. We don't build churches, we build people, and people build churches. Amen? Um, in fact, the church isn't a building with four walls. The church is people, right? The, the church is a body of believers. That's what the church is. Um, how many of you have ever seen, some of you older people in here will get this, the movie Soylent Green? <laughs> Charlton Heston, right? Soylent Green. How many have seen Soylent Green? Okay. Most people have seen that. They're going to have some gray on their head, right? Um, let me ask you a question. What is Soylent Green made out of? People. Soil and green is made out of people, right? Okay, if you haven't seen that, go, go watch the movie. It's a, it's a good one. Okay, maybe not. I don't know if it's a good one. Okay, Soil and Green. I, 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 I hate to ruin the movie for you. If you haven't seen it by now, I apologize. <laughs> Came out in like 1970, but anyway. Um, Soil and Green is made of people. Listen, the church is made up of people. That's what the church is. The church is people. Okay, the church is not buildings with four walls. Buildings are amazing. They serve well. How many are glad that we're in air conditioning this week, unlike last week, right? And there's shade in here. I'm thankful for buildings. Buildings serve the purpose of the church, but the church itself is made up of people. So we build churches by building people, all right? So today I want to just talk about, in this next stage of our church, second stage, how do we build People. How do we build you? And, and listen, it's not just my job to build people. It's, it's our job to build each other. Hey, man, because we're the body of Christ. And so uh, point number one today, how do we build people? Point number one is through supernatural revelation. Okay. Now, this one I can't do by myself. I need God's help to do this. 
right? Supernatural revelation. Revelation just means to reveal. So we want to unveil and we want to reveal spiritual truths. Okay, I don't want to just come up here and give you information. I want to give you supernatural revelation that God gave to me. Amen. Um, Matthew 16, 13 through 20. We've read this scripture here before, but it says this. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. This is an amazing question. What are the people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? By the way, that's the most important question you'll ever answer. Who do you say Jesus is? Who is he to you? Is he just some guy or is he Lord? Amen. Verse 14, they answered, Some are convinced uh, you are John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and said, You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. That's the right answer, by the way. You didn't know. Okay, that's the correct answer. Verse 17, Jesus replied, You are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you did not discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Okay? Verse 18, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and on this rock, I, uh, and on this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth what is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. He, he then gave his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. Okay. Jesus said that he would build his church on the revelation that he himself is the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Okay. Here's, here's the takeaway I want you to see. God is building his church on a revelation. Okay, the, the entire church, the bedrock of the entire church is built on a revelation, an understanding, something supernaturally revealed to us, okay? Here's the deal. God's building his church on a revelation, but he's also building people on a revelation, okay? And if we are to build his church, we need to build on this supernatural revelation. We need to point people constantly to this foundational revelation. And here's the point I want to make. All supernatural revelation is predicated on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah. All revelation is founded on that revelation. If you don't know that, you don't know anything. If you don't, spiritually, if you don't know that, you, you haven't started. Okay? That is the bedrock foundation of all revelation. In fact, we never graduate from that revelation. right? We never graduate from that revelation, and all of other revelation is founded upon it. Okay? To build people, we must first and foremost and utmost preach that Jesus is the anointed Son of the living God. Okay? Okay, but here's the deal. To know God, you must have this revelation. And to grow in God, you must have continual revelation, supernatural revelation. So to know God, you must have that revelation. And to grow in God, we must have continual supernatural revelation. Let me give you a scripture. Ephesians 1, 15 through 17, Paul says this, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Okay, how many here want to know God better? How many want to grow in relationship with Jesus? Okay, what do we need? We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to grow and to know God more, okay? So I don't want to just um, hear 
informational preaching. I want to hear revelatory preaching. When I go read my, my Bible, I don't, I'm not just looking for information. I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to unlock the Word of God so that revelation comes to my heart so that I can grow in knowing Him. Amen? So we need a spirit of revelation. Um, why? Because it builds us up. It builds us up. It, it, grow, it makes us grow in Christ. Um, in, in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 14, um, King Saul, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're attacking the Philistines. And King Saul is pursuing his enemies, the Philistines. And he makes everyone swear on oath that if they, if they eat anything before they uh, avenge themselves on their enemies, that that person would be killed. Okay, so they're fasting, right? Well, uh, King Saul's son, Jonathan, doesn't get the memo. Okay, and he's hungry, and they're out in the field, and he sees some honey on the ground. He puts out his, his stick and draws some honey out and eats it. The Bible says that Jonathan's eyes were brightened, right? His eyes were brightened. Listen, that's a prophetic picture of revelation. When we receive revelation, it's like heaven's honey and our spiritual eyes are brightened and we can see better and we know better and we can walk with him better and we can grow in Christ more. So we need supernatural revelation. We're not just looking for information. Amen? Okay. So when you go to read the word, when you go to hear preaching, don't just listen to it with your, with your natural ears. Listen to it with your spiritual ears. Listen to it with your heart. And ask God to unlock truths to you and reveal things to you so that we may know him better. Amen? Okay, so that's point number one. How do we build people? Through supernatural revelation. That's the bedrock foundation and the foundation on which we grow on. Point number two, through Holy Spirit administration. Okay? Also known as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is how we build people, by being a church that walks in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I love that we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How boring would church be if we didn't believe? We just come to like pay our penance, you know what I mean? It's like, no, we come to church. This is a body of believers. We're encouraging one another. We're praying for breakthrough in each other's lives. We believe God supernaturally breaks in, okay? A church that walks in the gifts of the Holy Spirit builds one another up, okay? Um, let me give you a few scriptures of this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but, all, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay. The manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you, and the gifts of the Spirit in you is given to you for everyone's good. I have, a, I have a vested interest in seeing to it that all of you walk in the gifts of the Spirit that God has for you because it profits everyone here. Okay, um, We don't just come to church to hear some worship and hear someone talk. We come to church to en engage and activate one another, encourage one another, and build one another up. Uh, and that is done through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A church that encourages each and every person to walk in the, um, the gifts of the Spirit is a church that builds people up. Okay, You need to discover what the, the gifts are that God has placed in you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 1 through 5, it says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire, um, desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophesy. For anyone who speaks, speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. 
But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies or builds up the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather that you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified or built up. Okay? Why is Paul so into the spiritual gifts? Because the gifts encourage, strengthen, comfort, and build up. Amen? This is why Paul's preaching this. So the, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, um, gifts of healing, the, uh, the gift of working of miracles, speaking in tongues, prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of discerning in spirits, uh, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. These are the nine listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There are other gifts of the Spirit. I don't think that's, um, the whole list is there. But he, he encourages people, walk in these gifts. Why? Because the body will be strengthened and the body heals the body. We build one another up. Amen? Romans 12. See, this is why it's so important not just to be a casual attender of a church. Like, you're attending, I'm glad you're here. But like, we're a body. And the body, how many know the body heals the body? My immune system needs my heart. My lungs need my feet. Like, it, my eyes need, you know, my, the rest of my body. The body needs the body. The body heals the body, okay? And this is the same thing with the body of Christ. We need each other. It says in Romans 12, 5, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to one another. I belong to you, and you belong to me, right? All right? What's that? It's a jewel song? Okay, we'll sing that at the close. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. So here's the deal. I need you. You need me. You need the person sitting across the room from you. We need each other. And we need each other walking in the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want to push your gift down. I don't want to overshadow your gift. I want your gift to rise to the surface. And I want it to be used because it benefits me. We all benefit from it. Okay. So discover who you are in Christ. And discover the gifts God has given you and walk in them. Amen. Okay, that's point number two. Point number three, how do we build people? We recognize people for their potential. This is an important one, I, I think. We need to recognize people for their potential and not their problems, their immaturities, or their past. And you might think, oh yeah, I always, I always recognize people for their potential. I don't see people for the problem that they're in or their immaturities or their past. Okay? But we constantly have to remember to look at people and call the gold out of them, okay? We need to recognize the gold within one another. And this is one of the most beautiful things about prophecy is it, it, it kind of pushes past the, the immaturities. It pushes past the sinful whatever, sinful past or sinful current, whatever. And it, it pushes past that and says, this is who God says you are. I love that because it calls people to their identity. It says, this is who you are in Christ. Walk in it, Okay? And we have to constantly remember to do that. If we fail to recognize the potential within people, we will limit what God wants to do in and through us. Okay, I'm going to give you an example of this in Scripture. In Mark chapter 6, <clears throat> we'll read verses 1 through 6. It says this, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. How many ever went to their hometown and had issues, right? <laughs> Right, You're, go go to your, the place you grew up, the people who knew you. Right, that can that can be problematic, can it? When the Sabbath came, he began teaching in the synagogue, 
and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that, he has, that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son and the brothers of James, Joseph, Judas, and, and uh, Simeon, or Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Okay, Verse 4, Jesus uh, said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in, the, in his own home. He could, watch this, verse 5, he could not do many miracles there except to lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Bible doesn't say he would not or chose not to do many miracles there. It said he could not. That's crazy to me. The, the, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the sovereign God, in some capacity was limited because these, these people, they're over-familiarity with him. You guys have heard the... The, the phrase familiarity breeds contempt. Okay, they were familiar with little boy Jesus and they couldn't recognize when King Jesus came. They, they failed to recognize that he is who he was saying he was. Okay, many, here's the point. Many times our over-familiarity stops us from seeing people for who they really are. Um. <clears throat> This is really important for us as, as, as fathers, as mothers, as aunts and uncles, as pastors, as leaders. If, if you have a disciple, you know, in your small group or whatever, you have to remember, like, let them graduate, let them grow up so that you can honor the gift of God within them. You need the gift of God within them. Um, some of our pastoral staff members uh, came into Emily and I's college ministry when we were like, when they were like 18 years old, okay. Now, if I had put them in this box, 18-year-old you, immature you, right, <laughs> and problems you or sinful past you, if I had kept them in that box, I would never let them grow up and graduate and become pastors, okay. Um, some of our pastoral staff had lots of problems, insecurities, and fears, right. Um, and so, this is super important as a church. When we, when we see people walking in a gift, to allow them you know, to grow up and so that we can honor that gift within them. Okay? If I never permitted them to graduate, I'd always see them as they were and not who God says they are. Okay? There's the natural. We don't want to just look at people in the natural. We want to look at people in the spiritual. We want to ask God, what is, God, help me call the gold out of them. Amen? Um, so, Yeah. Apply that because it's good stuff. Um, we have to let people graduate. The people in Nazareth failed to recognize who Jesus was because they thought, oh, this is the carpenter's son. Oh, that's Mary's boy. Oh, all of his brothers and sisters are right here with us. And it literally put a cap on what God wanted to do in that city. Literally put a cap. And listen, we can do that as a church. We can do that in small groups. We can do that in our, our homes. When we fail to allow people to graduate and to grow up in who God's called them to be. Okay? We, if we do that, we rob ourselves, our community, of what God wants to do in us and through us. Okay? Emily and I believe in people. I, I probably believe in people even maybe to a fault. And like, like people in their past and kind of... Like people who tell you something they're going through... And then I usually forget, honestly. Like, and someone will be like, 
feel condemned because they told me some sinful thing they're doing. And honestly, I usually just forget anyway. And then several years go down, and I just believe in people. I believe people can, can repent, move on, grow up in Christ, and have an amazing future. And when I hear about some kid in the church or some youth in the church or someone, you know, adult in the church is just blowing up their life, I'm like, well, they're probably going to change the world. They're going to repent of that. They're going to get past that. They're going to get filled with God. And they're probably going to change the world. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't put these caps on people because they're messing up or because they're immature or because their past was messed up. Thank God that that's true because I would, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put me up here. You wouldn't put 18-year-old Kurt up here. I promise you that. Or 22-year-old Kurt or even 26, or maybe even 27-year-old Kurt, okay? You wouldn't put me up here, I, I guarantee you. You wouldn't have picked me out of a lineup of people to lead a church, okay? And so we have to honor the gift of God within people. Honor the gift of God within people and let them advance and move forward. Um, I mentioned I was hiking yesterday. I was just hiking with my oldest daughter, uh, Trinity, here. And we've pretty much been hiking their whole lives. Like, my kids don't know what it's like to... They don't really complain. They just think this is the way people live, you know? (laughs) Okay, you know. I don't know if they don't always like, like, doing difficult things, but they do them because they've grown up that way. And so, but a lot of times, um, I do, like, a lot of crazy things physically. So a lot of times when I'm hiking with my family, I'm I'm with them that day, and I'm just kind of going at their pace, you know? And then every once in a while, I'll, like, break off on my own. I'm like, I'm just going to crush something and go by myself. Well, yesterday, I'm with my, my oldest daughter, because Emily went on a different hike that day. It's a long story. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> but I'm hiking with Trinity. And as I'm hiking, she likes to get in front and stay in front. And, like, I realize, like, she's setting the pace. Like, she's pacing me right now. I don't want to go any faster. I'm, like, working hard, and I'm sweating. Like, and if I got close to her, she would, like... She'd start running a little bit. And, like, and we're at elevation going uphill. Okay? Our kids have grown into being just seriously like monster hikers. Okay? They're, they're, they're monsters. Okay? If we create an environment, church, we create an environment where people can be monsters, where people can just be savages, right? One day we'll get to the point where we realize, like, this person's outpacing me. This person's better than me at this. And there's a really good reason why we don't always have the same worship leaders up here. We mix that up. Sometimes the skill level is less, right? What are we doing? We're building people. We're giving people a chance to grow in their gifts. When we do ministry up here, we don't always put the most perfect, elegant person up here, okay? We mix, we mix a lot of people in up here. Small group leaders, we want to give lots of people opportunities and room to grow in their gifts because if they don't have that, they will never step into that, okay? So our job as a church is to help cultivate the gifts within people, and help them grow into who God says they are, and don't keep them down. Amen? So, um, yeah, amen. (laughs) I want to kind of close with this. Um, I want to play, like I said, that prophetic word from Pastor James. Um, I want you to hear the, the entirety of it. It's a few minutes long, and I just think as a church, it's... I think culturally it'll help us understand where we're going and what God wants to do in us and through us. So this was from the first night of City Lights Nights. Uh, It was the men's night, so none of you ladies would have seen it. Um, But I want you to see this and uh, just culturally see where I believe the Lord is taking us. And um, and then we'll, we'll close with that. So go ahead and roll that video. 
Jesus' name. I just also you know, the frustration over a building, frustration over, he said, Lord, we need a place of our own. And it's almost like the Lord is saying to you, don't you worry about the natural stones. I got that. God's got that. He said, you, you, I'm calling you to craft living stones. And God is going to bring some very strategic living stones. There's some people that are missing here in your in this house and you've known it there's some cornerstone people there are some pillar people there are some rocks that the lord has been hewing and there are some men here right now that the lord is calling up higher to help build with this man and that you're going to get your hands dirty you're going to get your your brow sweaty you got your back's going to some of you know what it means to work very hard sore knees, sore back, sunburn, sweat. And that's what this man has been called to do in the kingdom, in this city. And I see like a face of a, of a mountain. And the Lord said, I'm giving you this mountain to hew out stone. I see stones being broken out of this mountain. I see people who can work hard and who can swing hammers. It's even like God is saying, I've, I've called you to be one who is a mason in the kingdom. You're able to work with hard things, hard rocks, hard people, hard situation in a hard city. These are tough people. These are not babies. These are people who are used to difficult things. You are surrounded by people who have been through hardship. And you are a man who knows how to swing the hammer. And that is what the Lord has been doing over these three years. You have learned to to develop some spiritual muscle. And there are men around you that resonate with that muscle. You're not a loud man. You're a quiet man, but with a lot of things in you that are worthy of respect. The Lord has built this man, and you are a man's man, and God is going to bring men that are broken. You're going to see drug addicts. You're going to see pimps. You're going to see them all in the house. You're going to see them come, not because of anything other than they know they're not going to be judged. They will not be judged. And God is going to take the old stones out of the out of the mountains around here. I'm talking about people. And God is going to give you the ability to craft that Michelangelo, King David out of each and every one of them. I see the Lord. Is that your logo there? Was, 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 was there some mountain logo up there? That's exactly, there we go. God's giving you the mountain face. Not to climb it, but to carve out masterpieces. They're going to come to you rough, but you're going to see the outline of what God wants to do. And God's going to give you all the grace to swing the hammer with this man pick up the chisel and help the work of the Spirit to knock off that which doesn't look like Jesus. And you're going to see masterpieces rise. All of you are in a, a, a process of becoming more like Him. And you're going to carve out for one another. And I, that scripture that says iron sharpeneth iron. 
So God has called you to sharpen one another. I see this is going to be like a like the round table, the knights of the round table, where there is such honor among you that when a man shares his deep things, you tell no one but the Father. You just, there's honor. He told me, don't ask me. You know I'm not going to tell you. It does That's between me and Jesus. That this is a safe place where there's no judgment. There's healing. There's redemption. And there is transformation in this house. Because you are one people. When this man is called for you. And he needs your strength. And he needs it now. Now, That's don't right. wait to be asked. You come to him and you say, what can I do? Yeah. How can I lift your hands? How can I build? Some of you. Come. So I, I don't feel like that's just a word for Pastor Kerr. I feel like that's a word for us as a church. That we are going to see into the mountain and craft out of people. Knock off anything that doesn't look like Jesus. This is our commission. So when we see people with rough edges, and he's mentioned pimps and prostitutes, drug addicts, all those different people, like, they're coming, guys. They're coming, guys. So we need to be ready for them, and we need to be ready to disciple them, okay? So bring them to church, and let's disciple them, and uh, we're not going to judge them. We're going to point them to the truth, and we're not going to judge them. So I'm going to pray. Do you want to say anything, or do you just want to pray? Okay. So I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll go back into the worship song here. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this church, in these people, Lord God. I pray, God, you would, you would give us eyes to see, God. Not eyes to see in a natural, God. See people for their faults, their past mistakes, their failures, their maturities, God. But to see, God, what you're doing on the inside of them, Lord. To see the gold that you've called them and destined for from the foundations of the world, Lord God. I ask that we would, we would have those eyes to see and we would help to chisel away, God, those impurities, those imperfections, those things that Jesus, you're working on, Lord. We're not doing this in, um, by ourselves, God, but we're doing this in the Holy Spirit with people, Lord God. So help us to see people as you have called them, Lord. And we thank you, God, for the amazing potential, God, that you've placed in the individual, Lord. And I just release that over this church in Jesus' name. I was hearing that word, I was really thinking about the gentleness of Jesus, the meekness of God. And people think of meekness as being kind of shy and quiet and maybe timid. But biblical meekness is actually strength restrained. It's actually being someone who could just annihilate someone with your words, but you choose to not say anything. You choose to restrain something that could demolish someone so that you could build someone up. And what I was feeling with this, like hammering away and chiseling away at people, we can tap into the meekness of Jesus because the Bible says that a gentle word can break a bone. Like there is strength in us and we got to learn how to wield the strength of what we're seeing in people's lives, but we don't want to crush them. We want to build them. We want to have the gentleness of God to see those things come off of people. And sometimes it's a, a process like layers of an onion. When you're looking at someone and you see potential in them, but they are not acting right, there is a grace to walk in meekness towards them, to watch them 
over time, very, very, very long time, they will start acting like God says they are. If you can come alongside them in gentleness and not crush them with your words, but build them with your words. And I feel like there's a grace to speak to who they are without making them feel stupid in their journey. And so God, I just ask for that in us. Some of us are a little aggressive with our tongues. We're a little impatient with the timing and the process. And so Lord, I just pray for those of us who struggle with that, (laughs) that we would learn how to see who people are and to be excited about the potential inside of them. God, I pray in marriages that you would begin to heal marriages. Father, that you would help help us um, have wise words toward each other, wise thoughts toward each other. It, guys, it starts with these marriages being secure and healthy and individuals who are single, you are not half a person. God is making you secure and healthy so you can start expanding those realms of influence and inviting in the hurting and being a support to them and a growth to them. So Lord, I pray for, for families and individuals and people that we would start to have a confidence in our walk with you that we could start receiving disciples and being faithful uh, to walk with people, God. I pray that you would just begin to put on people's hearts when somebody's walking by that there's a divine connection. And God, I ask for an openness in this church that people would invite others to lunch. They wouldn't just say, oh, I don't know anybody. I pray that they would be the answer to their own prayers. God, I ask for that, that we would build each other up in Jesus' name, that this would be the church with the least loneliness. In Jesus' name, God, I ask that you would help us to deal with loneliness. We would see each other and we would have community in Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.